This episode of Gathering Space is being recorded in Calgary, Alberta at 11.59 a.m. Mountain Daylight Savings Time on July 22nd, 2019. got to live and to love and to pay the rent. While we're waiting for more clarity on how to do that without destroying everything, we're going to spend some time making this podcast. We're here to heal our stories around worth, work, and making ends meet. Maybe you'd like some of that too. If healing justice is your thing, if in your heart there's no creativity without accountability, if a little tenderness around living, loving, and paying the rent is needed, then you're welcome here to gather a little space too. Well, we've just come through one doozy of a cancer season, that's for sure. Um, I obviously did not get the podcast out during um, during the last solar month. Um, it's just, it was, I just could not. Um, but I did spend every waking second of every day of this past month focused on the theme of the fourth house, which is liberation. Um, we uh, see a, a, a mutual reception between ancestral reception and ancestral trans, uh, transmutation in the fourth house. Uh, and those are things that can be um, presented on the surface, but activate things that are quite deep below. The fourth house is the typical house of the IC, um, the Imum Coli. Uh, which is the opposite astrologically to the midheaven. And um, it's the foundation upon which we are built. The fourth house can relate to home, can relate to um, particular um, uh, parents, uh, frequently associated with paternity, um, but mm, parents in general works too. Um, also uh, can relate strongly to mysticism, to secrets, uh, to discoveries. Actually, it's kind of cool. Um, in Chris Brennan's excellent book, um, Hellenistic Astrology, the Study of Fate and Fortune, available at fine bookstores everywhere, uh, there is a little note on page 349 about uh, Hiram which I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation, um, as being part of the fourth house. And uh, Riley translates this. I'm going to read this directly out of the text because I have it starred and underlined. And um, it says, Riley translates this as treasure troves. It can also mean invention or unexpected discovery, usually with other underlying connotations of there being good luck or a windfall involved. Presumably the fundamental symbolic meaning is just uncovering something that was buried or hidden. Um, but I like the idea of treasure troves um, because I think that's ultimately <laughs> what liberation is all about. We go through this hard work in order to uh, find the, the treasure of actually just being able to live who we are as we are um, in relation to others uh, without distortion or at least with the ability to recognize when distortion is in play. Uh, that certainly has been the case for me the last uh, the last month, um, and I guess I'm wondering how the home front is 
going for everybody else. In this moment, I'm sitting on my bed with my dog and the window's open and I'm recording directly into my phone. It's still mono. I don't know where my mic is still. Um, I've got a little bit of a tickle in my lungs and uh, I've, got, I've got books spread open in front of me to discuss um, the fourth house. And I'm realizing um, that this episode is going to be a little bit different than the other ones have been so far. And I think that is for the reason that um, I'm trying to record this project as I'm living it. And this last uh, month, uh, the fourth house month, has been just so immense and intense that it's actually very difficult for me to record. It's difficult for me to put into words some of my experiences and it's also difficult for me to know what I want out there and what is not mine to put out there. Um, The fourth house is the last of the personal houses. Um, It's the last sort of renovation that's done uh, in the bathroom mirror, if that makes sense. And so... Uh, It makes sense to me that it's like uh, the big boss of the personal houses or the uh, um, maybe the most the most intense uh, of the personal houses. So I guess with that in mind, uh, we can talk a little bit about it. So um, According to Demetra George, what we do in the fourth house is feel. I feel. Uh, That's also what we do in Cancer, and that's uh, the moon's domain. Um, Not that those things need to collapse neatly. They don't. um, But certainly those three things do uh, strike a chord together. They they create some harmony, and so uh, I'm acknowledging them. Uh, cancer season is typically June 21st to July 22nd in ish around that you know all of these dates are kind of between the 20th and 23rd um, that's sort of the the range of them uh, what I want to say for the fourth house is that uh, it's important to show up in the fourth house. It's maybe one of the least comfortable places to show up, um, which seems funny because it's foundational, it's part of who we are, but for that reason, um, it can feel really uncomfortable. Um, maybe it's uncomfortable because so much of it is... is uh, tucked away even from ourselves, not in the 12th house subconscious way, uh, something much deeper, something that, something that comes through on the blood. Um, I realize there's nothing I can say about this house that's <laughs> going to make much sense, so I'm going to recap the personal houses. Um, the first house, I am the house of life force and vitality. The province of this house is audacity 
This house corresponds in the body to the heart and circular system, I believe. The second house I have, the joy of possibility meets resource allocation. The theme of this house is sustainability, and I believe that this is where the lungs and respiratory system sort of come along. The third house, I think, daily practice within, daily practice without. This, the, um, the, the province of the third house is connection, and it's the nerves and nervous system um, that relate to this most strongly. And I recognize for those of you who are listening to this, the like one or two people of you may be listening to this who are also maybe medical astrologers, you might feel really uncomfortable with the associations that I'm making between houses and body, and that's okay. They are not traditional, and I recognize that, and I don't know enough about medical astrology to speak with competence. I'm, um, in this case, just as with this project, documenting this information, and as the years of this project unfold, uh, see what is revealed. The fourth house, <coughs> I feel ancestral reception means ancestral transmutation. The theme of this house is liberation. It affects the renal and urinary system. And each of the houses has a remainder. So when life force and vitality meet, the remainder is worthiness. If there's something about um, the I am that is compromised, then we lose a sense of worth and we might be seeking to make up for that in latter houses. But remembering that um, worthiness is a birthright. Uh, we are alive and therefore we are worthy of life. Um, remembering that that's enough and being able to feel that in the cells, that's, that's a, a, a sign that your first house matters are working for you. Um, or it's an indicator of where the first house um, gets a boost. So where, uh, where do we feel worth? Where do we feel worthy? Um, and of course, it may also be a clue as to uh, what is needing some liberation for us. In the second house, uh, the remainder is confidence. When uh, the joy of possibility and resource allocation are aligned, um, then that gives us confidence. It's why often people will use money and status to, uh, to try to overwrite underconfidence. Um, in the third house, when daily practice within and daily practice without are aligned, we have a sense of safety that carries over. And in the fourth house, and once the four personal houses are uh, all underway, uh, where ancestral reception and ancestral transmutation meet, we, um, we carry forward authenticity. Who we are is part of where we come from and where we're going is, is always a part of where we're, we've been. And, and all of that. So um, that's the recap of those personal houses. And I'm recapping that uh, for myself to think about these last four months since March and <coughs> actually how much work, how much work has taken place. It's, it's time to, to reset my altars for uh, the fifth house. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to the fifth house. It's a it's a house a bit of a respite. It's a house of creation and creativity. I mean, I should say it's a house of personal respite. I have a really well aspected fifth house uh, in my chart, and 
Um, but I think for a lot of folks, it's a, it's a pretty good feeling place. And so the theme though of the fifth house is practice. And that seems like a funny thing when we're talking about creation and creativity because creations are like, they seem to be such an outcome oriented thing. Um, but truthfully, um, the outcome is, is the ability to, to, to be in outcome and be in present moment to be in practice all the time the ability to to sustain all of that together is is i believe the province of the fifth house to be able to sustain and in fact demonstrate it and and in that sense practice is the best that we can hope for so um yeah i think i'm actually even just gonna leave this whole episode at this for now i'm too uh too freshly out of some immense healing um I had a wonderful time learning about how I think dialogues with I feel, a really deep immersion into how the nervous system and the lungs and the heart and the renal system all come together uh, to, to support life. Uh, they are life, uh, but to support an understanding of an experience of my life, um, how thoughts and feelings come face to face with each other. Um, for the purpose of liberation, for the, the possibility of authenticity. Um, I learned something really wonderful about the relationship of joy and grief this past month. Um, I, I learned that joy and grief are two sides of the same coin, just like the inhale and the exhale, like oxygen and carbon dioxide, um, joy and grief, uh, both necessary, both part of a larger cycle, both about the outside in and the inside out. Um, not that one is better than the other, that, that one can't exist without the other. Um, I learned a lot about release, which is nice. My word of the year for 2019 is release. I had been hoping to release a lot of things. Um, I am hoping that this is the year that my divorce will come through. I'm hoping that this is the year that I will be graduating with my MFA in um, creative writing. I'm hoping that this is the year I'm able to uh, release the past, um, not to disregard it, but to release into the future, I should say, <coughs> to release um, the hold, um, maybe the distortion of hold that outside in and inside out has uh, currently. So anyway, this whole joy grief business uh i i was able to get such a a, a stunning emergent uh, a, a stunning uh experience of it this last weekend um when i had to hold some some very difficult things and some very um uh, welcome things and i could see the places where difficult and welcome overlap and i could see the places where ease and 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 difficult uh overlap and um what i learned is that uh there is an exchange between joy and grief just like the exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide uh, but that grief is heavier than air and joy is lighter than air and so in the lung grief can sink into the bottom of the lung and it needs to be stirred up the lung needs to be expanded stirred up it needs to come out and it can come out through the the exhale um, 
and the, the sort of forceful exhale, like the martial breath, like the type of breathing you do when you're running or when you're going to strike a sword or when you're holding a, a pose uh, of any uh, potential and releasing that potential. And, and joy is lighter than air. It's at the top of the lung. So it's, it can be kind of difficult to get into the lung if the lung is filled with air and grief. And just like grief can be difficult to get out of the lung if all we're trying to do is inhale uh, joy, more joy and more joy. Um, and that joy itself becomes grief that... Um, that um, that, that grieving is a, is a continuous process. Like it's, it's like a, a, a byproduct. Grief is a byproduct of living, um, just as carbon dioxide is, a, is, you know, the byproduct of living in our bodies that when the, the blood clears out, the carbon dioxide that's produced by the mitochondria as they produce the ATP in the system. You know, we talked about that a little bit in the second house. Um, anyways, I'm seeing this relationship there and I'm really grateful for it for numerous reasons. One, I was like your average asthma allergy kid as a kid. I just have always really had a susceptibility in my lungs. And this weekend I could feel <coughs> the sensation of bronchitis or what I would recognize to be a bronchitis coming on. But there was like a millimeter between it hooking itself in and like fully infecting the lung itself. And where it is now, where I could see that before it's bronchitis, it's something else. And what bronchitis does is, is, is allows the system to, to basically bring up all the gunk at the bottom of the lungs. Uh, so now I'm doing some lung physio uh, with my lung volume recruitment machine, just stirring up the lungs. Um, I'm doing some Qigong and Tai Chi uh, activity. I'm taking some, you know, herbs uh, to help support the immune system and the lungs. And I'm allowing <laughs> my feelings of grief to arise and release and arise and release. And also allowing simultaneous feelings of joy um, to emerge so emerge to it to, to be taken in to be received that's it i'm allowing myself to receive joy instead of thinking of it as something that necessarily needs to be created by me so these are some of the things that happened during my fourth house experience um i experienced great liberation in terms of my relationships uh to parents and people of authority in my life um i did uh, in fact, finished writing my MFA thesis, so now I've submitted it, and I'm waiting for the all the final checks uh, to be in place. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Everything, everything is moving exactly the way that it should, and so uh, looking ahead to this fifth house time, um, I am really excited. Uh, to to uh, graduate. I'm excited to... Um, uh, I'm having top surgery. I'm really excited that my years of waiting uh, to, to be eligible for this surgery to be um, at least partially publicly funded uh, is, is happening. I'm excited to be 
really focused on creating something uh, in my home that feels new and spacious. I'm excited to welcome my children's return there uh, with their other biological parent for a month uh, during this time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know, there's like a, a harvesting uh, about this time that isn't exactly the same as reaping. Like there's like reaping, which is the work that, the work of harvesting that, that uh, is also the reward of planting. But there's something about the celebration of the harvest that uh, happens at this time uh, during this fifth house time, uh, during Leo season, that uh, that I really love, and I'm this year uh, really conscious of just welcoming and looking forward to, and try not to buy into this whole idea that I can just simply jinx it, or be just simply because I'm looking forward to it. You know that it's okay. It's okay to to be open to the possibility of something. Uh, positive and expansive and accepting of whatever comes regardless of uh, how it how it feels and also regardless of what what I decide to do about whatever comes Um, accepting whatever comes doesn't necessarily mean keeping whatever comes it means receiving it experiencing it maybe sometimes returning it maybe sometimes turning it into something else, or maybe sometimes tucking it away to look at a little later, maybe sometimes just to move through the system right now, or maybe it's something to give for it. I mean, who knows, right? Whatever comes is whatever comes. And um, it feels like a great personal celebration to be able to say something like that at this point in my life. Uh, For those of you who have been listening to the podcast from the beginning, I'm really glad to have you here. Um, I'd love to hear what you think of uh, this project or any of the other episodes from this project at any time. Uh, You can uh, find me on uh, Instagram, Gathering Space Podcast, uh, or also uh, I have a website, uh, which is gatheringspacepodcast.com. And uh, uh, I hope that if you had a cancer season like many people I know did, because this was some of the trickiest astrology of the year. Um, <coughs> I hope that you are healing and recovering in a really generous way. I hope you're being gentle with yourself. I hope that you're finding uh, moments of celebration, even as um, maybe there are moments of grief. I hope you're finding ways to make space. Thank you.